Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, Hamble out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Goal. Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh. kicked the goal from inside the centre. Yes, hello everyone. Welcome to the SC Playbook podcast for round nine of this AFL season. Proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. My name is Eddie. As always, I'm going to be taking you through all things Supercoach for this week, Um, but I can't do it alone. Uh, I've got two of the great Supercoach minds in the business joining me today. To the left of the podcast aisle, I've got Charlie, who is helping us out on the SC Playbook website. He's a Supercoach nuffy. Loves everything about it. Makes some pretty terrible decisions along the way, but it's always fun to listen to. Charlie, how are you today? Good, thanks, Eddie. Uh, a lot better than I was on, uh, what was it, Friday night when I saw Sam Hayes' 98 on my bench um, after trading in Max Gorn, but I guess we'll get to that later on. We sure will. And on the right of my podcast style is 2021 Supercoach runner-up, Stevie Nico, coach of Lovsky FC. Nico, how are you traveling today? You've just walked in the door. You look a bit frazzled. Uh, but I've seen you look worse with the COVID a couple of weeks back. How are you doing today? <laughs> yeah, mate. Nah, all good. Yeah, just um, just got in off the uh, long train ride home. So smashed a, a bit of dinner down and um, said hello to the kids. And here I am <laughs> to talk Supercoach. Fantastic. Well, let's start things off with uh, how we all went this week. Um, I might go first, actually. I was, I was pretty happy with my week. Uh, 2,327 uh, puts me up to 1,197 overall. Uh, 6,300 for the round, um, just 23 points off the top 1,000. So that's the uh, that's the next thing to get up to. Um, feeling pretty good about it, boys, as you can probably tell. I never usually go first, but feeling good today. Uh, Charlie, what did you run us through how you went for the week? I scored 22.17, which uh, was just about average for around the 15,000 or top 15,000 mark. So that, that did unfortunately move me down 1,000 spots to... 12.62.7. Um, yeah, I've slowed down in the last couple of weeks. Well, only two weeks ago, I was ranked 5,000th. And yeah, I'm, I'm back all the way down to the, the scum. Things are moving quickly over at Charlie Dads' team. Yeah. <laughs> They're moving very quick. Nico, how about you? You were, um, you were, from what I could see, tracking you through the week, we had, we've got pretty similar teams at this point. Um, yeah, you looked like you were going okay. Yeah, I did all right. Charlie's just labelled me in the scum, so I'm a little bit disappointed <laughs> with that. But uh, I've got... <laughs> I'm actually worse than than the scum. But anyway, uh, 2,311 uh, for me this week. So um, a rank boost of, of 6,000. So up to 17,529. So in the right direction. And team's looking pretty solid. So, yeah, hopefully come buys I'm nearly at full premium and then we can sort of hit the second half of the season hard and maybe finish strong. I think it's always good to, to sort of keep in mind what your goals are when you're playing Supercoach. So I thought it's probably a good time around nine. We've, we've what a quarter of the way, well, more than a quarter, maybe almost a, a halfway through the season. Um, Nico, what are your goals at this point in the season? I mean, obviously you always start off wanting to win overall. Um, has that mindset changed? And, and where, yeah, where, where are you looking to aim for for the second half of this year? So look, it definitely has changed for me. So yeah, um, obviously second last year, I was pretty keen to try and, and hit first this year, but um, yeah, look, there's a lot of luck base, um, based in this game. So hasn't really rolled my way this time around, but look, look at my rank now, if I could sort of get into the top 5,000 or something like that, I think I'd be pretty happy towards the end of the year. Maybe. Yeah, I think that'd be, it's always, yeah, always coming from that, that 10,000, 15,000 range. I mean, yeah, it'd be a fantastic effort to get to 5,000 from there. What What's the strategy for you from here? What are you, are you going to be aggressive? Or are you going to try and hold trades and make a late run? What do you think the play is? Uh, I think I just might try and go a little bit different, maybe to, to what most people are doing. So maybe just looking at a bit of an alternative kind of premium to um, go against some of the, you know, the standard ones and, and hopefully like, you know, Steel had a bit of a, a shocker on the weekend. If that, you know, happens a couple of times in the back end of the year, or not saying I'm disregarding Steel completely, um, but you know, you know what I mean. So yeah, just just go against um, the grain a little bit. Yeah, I like it, Charlie. What about you? Where where did, where were you hoping for preseason, and and where have those sort of those goalposts shifted to or to now? Uh, at the moment, it's kind of a week to week kind of thing. I've, I mean, I remember um, talking about this the other week um, that I was gonna you know try and rock with with Bruce and Hayes at R1 and R2 and coast through to the buyers. But, yeah, clearly that didn't work out with uh, with Hayes' Hayes. 58. But, you know, I like to live by the uh, the old quote from Dodgeball that, you know, if you have a goal, you might not reach it. But if you don't have one, you're never disappointed. So, 
but it's kind of just a week to week thing. I don't know if I agree with that, but uh, yeah, it's good to know that you've got something in mind anyway. Um, now, boys, it's uh, I always like to do it this time of the podcast, just do a little bit of venting, um, but a little bit of pumping tires as well, just letting us know who went well for you this week and who went terribly. Nico, I'm going to throw to you straight off the bat. Who is your premium hero and who was your premium villain for round eight of the Supercoach season? Yeah, so I've gone with Patrick Cripps, uh, 151, uh, last game of the round, took me above that 2300 mark. So very happy with his score. Oh, he's leading the Brownwell, I think, comfortably Definitely. at this point. Take away his um, injury-affected score. I don't even know what he'd be averaging. It's probably like 140 or something crazy. Um, so, yeah, he, he was the man. Unfortunately, I didn't captain him. Um, I went with Neil um, instead and, and took his 120-odd, so played a little bit safe there. Uh, the villain... I think we've got this guy in most of the time. Uh, unfortunately, Zach Butters with mm. a 52, which was the lowest score on my field. So yeah, very disappointing coming from someone who we know can you know, regularly hit 130. Yeah, I think we're going to have a, a bit of Butters discussion to come later because, uh, yeah, he's many people's villain for last round and a couple of rounds before that as well. Charlie, what about you? Who was your premium hero and who was your premium villain? Oh, I've gone the exact same as, as Nico with this one. So Paddy Cruz as my hero, I know. Well, I'll, I'll get to a, I'll get to a couple honourable mentions, but yeah, I've gone Paddy Cripps, and and ridiculously, he is still so underpriced. Like he's what is he? Is a five eighty? Like he's putting up scores of of that. You know, someone that should be at you know six eighty. So yeah. definitely not too late to trade him in. Um, another honourable mention though, Jack McRae bounced back from his um, low nineties scores. He, I think he got back to back nineties, or maybe even an eighty in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he, he did very well to, to bounce back with a 144. Unfortunately, I didn't VC him, but Eddie, I know you did. Yeah. Um, and then my villain, yeah, Zach Butters again for me. Um, he's, oh, my God, he's the most frustrating player I think I've ever owned. Um, four scores in the 50s this year. Yeah, he's not good. And, you know, that role, that midfield role that looks so promising in preseason, that kind of looks like it's dwindling a little bit. He's actually gone down in price from the start of the season, which is uh, quite amazing given what we all thought he was capable of uh, going into this year. Um, my premium hero and premium villain, Jared Witts, um, yeah, is almost a permanent fixture for me here. I, I love having that point of difference to Gorn. Um, as we're going to discuss later, that might be even more handy in the in the coming weeks with uh, Gorn potentially in a little bit of doubt for this week. So Jared Witts, just, uh, yeah, kudos to you. Um, the villain, I, I feel a bit bad doing this but Dylan Moore um, I brought him in this week I was hoping for a bit of point of difference with him um, the, it was actually he played a pretty good game um, he kind of lost confidence in the second half with his kicking made a few really bad errors uh, his fantasy score was actually fine I think he's turned up in fantasy um, but only managed a 72 in his first week on my field so it's a it's a tentative villain for Dylan Moore because I think he's going to be capable of more than that Nico, what about for your rookies? It was a it's a great week for the rooks. Uh, lots of standouts here. Who were the who were the the two that stood out for the most for you in a positive and a negative way? Yeah, look, I might just go with the the two defensive lads here. So Paddy McCartan with uh, his ninety four, and um, I also had De Koning, um come on for Hewitt for his eighty two. So um, huge like scores for those guys. Really, really good cash gen um, scores as well. So. Looking forward to, you know, having these guys as maybe like a loop um, up until the buys um, and then, you know, reassessing there. But they're, they're pretty safe bets to, to play in your field at the moment. They're playing pretty consistent. Yeah. Um, De Koenig's uh, one that's really flying under the radar. I saw today he's at 67 bucks for the Rising Star um, behind the likes of O'Driscoll, Ward, Chapman, um, Ginevan. I, I would I would have De Koenig right up in that top five, sort of top six range. He's he's been fantastic this year for Geelong. Um, I, I think we can I don't think we can overstate how difficult it is to play that key defensive intercepting role as a 19 year old. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think they were talking up on the radio as well this morning. Um, you know, around that award as well. So. Um, that price might not be there for too much longer. <laughs> um, Rosas, I've got as my villain um, this week. So 18, I uh, was on like minus five or something like that at halftime, something ridiculous. So not ideal, obviously not on my field, but just cash gen almost completely gone now. So very disappointing there. Indeed. Charlie, what about you? Yeah, I had um, Sam DeConing as well um, as my rookie hero. And I, I think he needs to change his name to Sam DeClutch. <laughs> um, two weeks in a row, I've had to rely on him at, at F6. And yeah, he's put up, uh, I think he's 77 and then 82 this week. So he's been incredible. Um, but my, yeah, rookie villain 
goes to Paul Curtis on debut for me. Um, just, yeah, he, he, I don't know, he, he had the same role, but he just looked horrendous. Didn't get anywhere near it. And, um, yeah, now I'm just stuck with him and Durden stinking up my forward Oof. bench. That is uh, that is not who you want at F7 and F8. I'll tell you what, it could be him and Rosas. So. <laughs> <laughs> could be worse. Uh, my rookie heroes were the – I'm going to give it – you're going to hear a bit about this today, boys, but I'm going to give it to the two Bombers boys, uh, Nick Martin, who was just exceptional yet again, and Ben Hobbs, who I was regretting bringing in until last week. He stepped up with a 93 on my bench, uh, gets the cash gen rolling. Uh, played a bit of midfield time in the third and fourth quarters. Looked great when he was doing it. So hopefully he's going to be a season long, or at least the next next couple of months long keeper to have there on the forward on the midfield bench. And then the uh, the villain was a pretty obvious one for me, Paul Curtis as well. Again on debut, um, yeah, that kind of feels like a mistake bringing him in. Um, it is maybe too early to say we're going to give him a bit more time, but. Yeah, there are quite a few good rookie options floating around this week, so could easily have just uh, yeah let that one slide and not gone with him. Now, boys, uh, the SC Playbook podcast every week is brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. The boys are experts in all types of home, commercial, and car loans. Whether you're a local or living interstate looking to purchase your first ever home or chase the lowest rate for your refinance, give them a call on 95211611 today and mention SC Playbook for your free tailored expert advice session. Now, Nico, the big topics for the week. You uh, were responsible for most of these. You sent me through an exhaustive list this morning. Um, I picked out a few of them. Uh, there is a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. I think we'll probably start off with the first thing that most people want to hear about, which is rookies on the bubble. We're always looking for cash. Uh, cash is key in Supercoach, as we know. So I've got a, a few rooks on the bubble for you, and I'm going to just spit some names at you, and we can talk about them as we go. Morris Rioli, what have you seen from him so far? Uh, and do you like him as a downgrade option this week? Yeah, I do like him. I think he's brought a lot of energy to the Tigers forward line, uh, liven them up a little bit. His pressure's been really, really good. And he's not playing that typical small forward role where he's relying on goals to get his score up. He's actually playing outside the 50 and providing goal assists for his teammates. So really, really like to see that. Um, you know, good tackling, good pressure, good forward 50 entries. So yeah, look, I think he ticks a lot of boxes. And from what I've seen and how they've played the last couple of weeks with him in the side, I, I think he's probably you know a, a mainstay there for um, for a little while at least. Yeah, it does look like he's got the the role on lock for the next couple of weeks at least. Um, hopefully, it's longer than that. I agree. He does look very enticing. Um, you guys successfully talked me into him this morning. I sort of chucked a little bit of bait out there that I thought he might be Rosas 2.0. Uh, that was quickly shut down in the uh, in the SC playbook chat. But yeah, you guys made a very good case. The uh, the fact that he's pushing up higher and actually getting involved in scoring chains high up the ground rather than relying on ground ball uh, is something that's really positive for that a player in that sort of role. Uh, Charlie, the next one we've got on the list is Jack Carroll from Carlton. Um, he's been superb. He was superb in, in uh, the first week he played last week and then um, came down a little bit last uh, in the most recent outing. Uh, what do you make of Jack Carroll? Yeah, exactly right. His round one, uh, well, his debut game was incredible. He got the goal like two minutes in or something and, and he looked great. But, yeah, last week um, just, yeah, didn't, you know, it didn't look too involved and I, I think it is a bit of a trap. Um, especially with Hewitt to come back into the side. I think you probably, you know, you'd be inclined to wait a week and just see how he performs with a full strength Carlton midfield. Um, <clears throat> I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't suggest picking him up right away. I'd, I'd give it a week just to see. That, that's interesting because I'm sort of going the opposite path with Carroll. I, I did a quick, I, I have to admit, I don't watch a lot of Carlton. I don't love Carlton, um, but I did a quick Twitter search of Carroll this afternoon to see what Carlton fans were saying about him. And the consensus is that they love him. That they want him to stay in the side. They love his ball use. They love his attack at it. Um, and, you know, he's been really classy around goal. He's had a couple of really good finishes. So from what I can see from the Carlton perspective is they really like him. Nico, is there anything about that? that uh, do you like the look of him and will you be bringing him in? I'm just not sure because I'm definitely bringing in Rioli. So I don't know if I'm going to double downgrade or use a boost. So uh, I'm not 100% percent sold. Um, Hewitt back. Um, yes, Charlie, bit of a concern. He had seven CBAs. That number's probably going to drop next week. Um, zero tackles worries me a little bit. I'd like to see you know a, a few tackles from him just to lift that floor. And um, the other thing was there was nothing forward or centre from him. I looked at his heat map and every single possession was in the defensive half of the ground. Didn't have one forward or centre. Um, so almost playing like a defensive mid like um, in soccer. <laughs> so that was interesting. Um, but, yeah, look, I... 
I think you're either pulling the trigger this week on the bubble or you're just letting him, letting him go. Um, yeah. I don't think you'll you know, bring him in after a price rise because he's not, you know, he's probably right on that fringe of best 22. Yeah, he scored 59 on the weekend, which I actually thought he scored a lot worse. And 59 is not, honestly, it's not that bad. If you're playing bad at, for a rookie. Yeah, if you're playing him at M9 or, you know, M10, I, I think that's fine. So, yeah, the question is what he does with Hewitt in the side. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a plus up. I think it's it's one of those things as well. It will depend a lot on your structure. Um, if you do have midfield um, rookie cash cows that are ready to go, he might be one you look at. If not, you might want another wait another week and get Greg Clark in next week. Um, I agree, Nico. That yeah, we're, the the mid um, mid midfield cash cows seem to be coming through quite regularly. It's the forward and defensive cash cows we're lacking. So I yeah, think that defensive makes, especially yeah. defensive especially. I mean, it'd be great to, to get rid of the likes of uh, McCart and O'Driscoll, but we just don't really have anyone to go to. Um, so that's one to consider as well. Charlie, you're pretty big on this next bloke, Cooper Hamilton from GWS. You've been trying to talk me into him. Um, convince the listeners why they should go with Cooper, Ham- Cooper Hamilton. Well, I mean, he's an, an elite runner. So he, I think he broke one of the records for the 2K time trial um, in his draft combine or maybe even this preseason. So he's definitely got the legs to, um, to be able to, you know, fill out a, a, an AFL game. Um, and by the looks of things, he's got a great kick on him. So I remember watching his debut and he barely missed and, and he was hitting some pretty tough kicks um, on half forward. Uh, he did only get 55 on the weekend. Um, and Eddie, you made a good point um, in one of our chats today that Tanner Bruin is still yet to come back into the side. So, yeah. I, I mean, I personally think that Hamilton just edges out Bruin. Um, but Bruins got that tiny bit of experience over Hamilton that GWS might look for. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah unfortunately, Bruin, uh, the GWS Giants didn't play in the VFL on the weekend, but the week before, Bruin went bananas. I think he had 28 touches. Um, I I really like Bruin, what I've seen of him. I think it was, it was a justified dropping. He didn't look particularly good. Hamilton does come in and play his role. Um, that's one to worry about. I'm, I'm always just so wary of GWS rookies. They seem, to have, they seem to have so many of these like mid, half-forward wing types that come in, look great, um, and then they're out of the side and never hear from again for a couple of years. So that does concern me. Nico, am I right to be concerned there? Yeah, look, I've just written a little note here. Just can't trust GWS and Leon Cameron. Like That's all I've written. But... <laughs> Um, you know, looking at him, he's a 102k, you know, bargain basement price. Um, he's playing defense from the looks of his heat map, 100% in the defensive half, and you can pick him up as a mid or a forward. So, look, there are definitely some positives there, um, especially the 102k buy. If he gets another two or three games, you're making, you know, quick cash with him. So, I can see the appeal. Um, we might run through a few of these next guys quite quickly because I'm not sure that they're quite on the uh, the level of the guys we've already spoken about. Um, Luke Stranatica from West Coast. I know he didn't play on the weekend. There was there was a, just a bizarre situation going where he was named and then not named and then out with COVID and then not out with COVID, but in the end he didn't play. So um, he's still on the bubble this week. Uh, Nico, that would probably be one you'd only look at if you had a Dixon maybe sitting at that R3 spot is, is the only scenario you'd think of Stranatica. Yeah, 100%, mate. Um, we touched on it last week. Um, yeah, you know, your structure, you know, it needs to be there. You need to sort of have that spot available. Um, yeah, so it's a pass from me, but, you know, with a break-even of minus 90 or whatever it is, um, if you've got the option to bring him in, I say do it because he's probably going to be the number one ruck until Nick Nat's back. Um, Charlie, the second last player on our list is Aiden Begg from Collingwood. Um, again, uh, I think it's only a move if, you, if you're tech keen for a ruck downgrade. Um, have you seen anything of Begg that makes you think he's a must-have? No, no, not at all, unfortunately. Um, he looks all right at AFL level, but, um, yeah, the thing is with most Supercoach sides, you're going to have, you know, Gorn or Wits at R1, Proust at R2, and then you've got Hayes at R3, and, and none of them are ready to cull yet. So, yeah, just not worth it. Agreed. And the last one as well fits into that boat, Callum Jamison from West Coast. Um, How many Ruckman do West Coast have? <laughs> I, I wrote who? Like, I have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely no clue. Apparently, he scored 72 on the weekend, so um, not terrible. He's yeah. uh, he's going okay, but yeah, again. I think he had a 20 in his first game or something, so pretty yeah. low floor from the looks of things. So overall, in, in terms of those, I think we'll, we'll stick with the ter- the first three, um, which is uh, Hamilton, Carroll, and Rioli. Nico, if you had to rate those one to three in, in order of preference, who would you go with? Uh, Rioli, one, Carroll, two, Hamilton, three. Charlie, any changes to that? I will put Hamilton at two and Carroll at three. Nice. Okay. Interesting. I like it. Um, next big topic today, boys, uh, is forwards, is the forward line. I think 
everyone who played Supercoach uh, this week had just a, a putrid look at their forward line. I'm just having a look at mine now. Uh, Dunkley, Dylan Moore, Canelio, Butters, all sub 80. Uh, Nick Martin and Will Brody, the only uh, the only saving graces there. I guess the, the question is quite broad, Nico. Can we trust any of these these premium forwards moving forward? I'm, I'm talk- when I'm when I'm saying this, I'm referring to the likes of Dustin Martin, Jordan Goey, Zach Butters, Dylan Moore, and, and Stephen Canelio mostly. Are these trustworthy guys, or do we really need to wait a bit longer and see who emerges as uh, as the the, the clear cut top six forward? Yeah, look, to be honest, mate, I don't think it goes much deeper uh, than those guys. So I think we just need to accept the fact that it's going to be a bit of a roller coaster with the forwards. Josh Dunkley, I mean, hopefully that's just, you know, a poor score. He's averaging 113 still. So I think, you know, he's safe. Luke Parker had a bit of an ankle knock um, and was on 80 at halftime. Really poor second half. But I think he's probably pretty safe. Yeah. Um, and then you've got, you know, Brody is going to be safe until Fife gets back. Um, and they've got a decent run in the fixtures. Cogs, Cogs is a tricky one because he's not really getting any big time anymore. So that's definitely one to um to talk about. And you probably want to move on him before you lose too much of his value. However, I'm probably still going to try and limp to the buys with him. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, the fact that there has been no clear-cut breakout top six forward sort of setup, um, as you say, Dunkley's the must-have. After that, it's a, it's a bit of a shit fight. I think that means Cogs is very holdable because not many teams are going to be culling him. Charlie, out of those boys that I listed just before, um, which of those do you think is probably the safest options going forward? Yeah, I... <clears throat> And I don't actually think they are safe, as Nico said. I mean, for some reason, I feel like there actually aren't a lot of good forward options in general. So not. You know, in the context of things, these guys are probably the best you're going to get. Um, but I have, you know, I think Dusty, um, Degoe, and, you know, maybe Caniglio. Caniglio on another level, but Dusty and Degoe, I reckon they're probably some of the safer options just because they do have that midfield role and, you know, they might toss up a 30 here and there, but they've shown that they've got the ability to, you know, put up 150s and 140s. I think um, Dylan Moore is consistent as they come. So, unfortunately, he did have a bad game on the weekend, but, you know, he's you know he's probably going to you know be all right for a 90 to 100. Um, those guys, you know, I'd, I'd say those three are, are probably the ones that you should be targeting aside from Parker and Dunkley. Nico, you mentioned before that you're in the market for a little bit of point of difference action. Um, you're trying to move up the rankings. Can I tempt you with any of these sort of out-of-the-box forward options? Mitch Duncan, Tex Walker, Darcy Cameron, any of those guys uh, tickle your fancy at all? Uh, not Darcy Cameron um, or Tex. I think they've probably gone up a little bit too much already. Um, I do like the look of Duncan. So he's got a 95 break-even, so I can afford to wait and watch him another week and see if he actually is definitely playing that, you know, seagull defensive role. So if he does that two, you know, two weeks in a row, um, yeah, I think he is absolutely like a steal probably at that price if, you know, he can stay fit. Um, the other interesting thing about him going back is, like, what kind of effect is that going to have on Tom Stewart? So mm-hmm. obviously he had a low score on the weekend. Is that because Duncan went back? Um, so that'll be interesting to see that next week as well. Nico, I just want to ask you: Is uh, you are a Pies fan, yeah, aren't you? So, what what is the uh, or the non-attraction to Darcy Cameron for you? Well, like, what what's the main deterrent there? Um, I think I'm looking at him. Yeah, I, I think he needs to hit the scoreboard to score above a hundred. I reckon. Um, so, to be honest, mate, I, I didn't really watch the game closely on the weekend. I had a wedding on, so yeah. I don't know. He's getting like 60% of the ruck time, I think. Uh, Big's getting about 40%. I don't think he's going to win, you know, a majority of the contests one-on-one with the opposing ruck. And I yes. think, you know, you definitely need to hit the scoreboard to score well. So there's just a few concerns there for me. And I think uh, look, I'll have a look now and, and see sort of what he's gone up already. I'm kind of like maybe the ship has already sailed. Um, yeah, is it 368-400? Yeah, okay. Well, he's still down the starting price. So, yeah. Look, I mean, look, the role's there. Um, I don't know. I, it just doesn't fill me with a lot of com- confidence. But, you know, back-to-back tons, low break even. Yeah. It feels like There's a move a that you make when you've got unlimited trades and you can afford to sort of ride him for a couple of rounds and, and jump off at the end. Um, we just know that there's a ceiling there because Grundy's coming back at some point. Uh, so it's not like you're going to hold him for the whole season. I don't know. There's definitely yeah. no to it. 
Um, I, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't He's like not a it. keeper. Yeah. I kind of like it as a move, um, especially if you're in a position like, um, yeah, I don't know, Charlie, like you, where you're you're pushing to come back to the top 5,000. It's a move yeah. which can get you there. Like he's going to be in 1% of teams. He could I need Durden off the field as well. So Exactly. Well, if it's a choice, yeah. if it's a choice between Durden and Cameron, I don't mind it. We, we, I we, think the other thing, sorry to interrupt, is I'm probably looking at bringing in keepers now rather than bringing in like stepping stones personally. So that's probably another factor of why I'm sort of staying away from, from him and you know, Tex. I just don't see them as, you know, the top six sort of options. What about Dusty? Do you see Dusty as a keeper? Yeah, I think he's another – he's a watch. Um, so what did he get, 80 on the weekend? Yeah. Or maybe a low 90 or something, but kick goals, kick two goals. So, yeah, um, I think I'd just like to at least watch him for another week and just see how he goes. Um, but – yeah, I think he could be absolutely another sort of point of difference pick that you could take in the forwards. Uh, I'm probably still leaning towards going towards Dugowie. Not that interesting, you know, just because I'm a Pies fan, but he had a huge second half of the season last year, kind of expecting something similar um, as well. Had a few niggles, had a few like illnesses like gastro, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I don't know. Just sort of leaning that way at the moment, but absolutely um, still waiting and, and looking. Very interesting, boys. While, while we are sort of on the topic, um, Nico, you, you put this uh, in the podcast plan to start with about the Bulldogs and particularly in the context of Adam Chalor and Josh Dunkley. Are the dogs cooked? Do we need to start thinking about crossing off some of these dogs' primos that we thought were primos, but they're only going to be primos in a good side, if that makes sense? Yeah, look, I don't think so. I, I think they'll still be like primos in you know playing poorly um, and having losses, but I think... Obviously, Bont out was, was pretty big for them on the weekend. Um, I think the other one is Tim English. Um, you know, he's been out for a few weeks. Steph Martin, probably not exactly a like for like, is it? So I think absolutely room for improvement um, from them. I, I do think they're in a little bit of trouble at the moment. I just want to see them beat the Pies and beat the Pies comfortably, like yeah. Richmond just did, um, just to sort of see them, you know, make sure that they're back on track. The other one I wanted to touch on before we move on to the next topic is Zach Butters, Charlie. Um, what do we do about Butters? We, we did touch him in earlier. He's he's actually below his starting price for the season. Um, I don't know what happened on the weekend, why he scored so badly. Uh, it's starting to become a bit of a consistent thing, though. Do we need to move him on? Is he priority? Should he be a priority above some rookies? Do we need to cash him out while he's at this price? Uh, as much as I <clears throat> as much as I as I want to. Um, and I, I really want to. <laughs> I just don't think I can trade him out yet. And I, I feel like many other coaches will be in the same position as me, especially if you've got DeConing or um, Durden or, or Curtis or Rosas in the forward line. I think they're probably the priority, unless you can get up to Taranto or Heaney. I mean, not Heaney, sorry, um, Parker or, or Dunkley, you know, one of those big dogs. But there's no point sideways trading um, to someone that you're going to have to trade up again eventually come the buyers nico this is again the kind of move that you'd make if you were if you're seeking quick points and making up cash most of the top ten thousand are going to have butters is is yeah. that on your radar no look it's not they got north this week i'm sort of expecting a bounce back um i'm still on the butters as a primo side of things however i think this week coming um is pivotal to answering that question um so if he has another poor one against North, I think I'll probably just write him off. And, you know, if English goes well um, mm. against the Pies in his return game, I'd probably be looking at making that move. That's a good call. That's one we're going to talk about later as well. Um, the next big topic on the list, boys, is rucks. And the main topic here, which a lot of people are starting to consider that we kind of, we've kind of flirted with uh, over the preseason and, and getting to now is, is Braden Proust a legitimate keeper, Charlie? Is, is, is he one that we, we should be holding or thinking that we will hold until the end of the season? Or is or do we need to start thinking about sideways trading him to a Wits or a Darcy? No, 1,000% he's a season keeper. As, like, as, long as, he, yeah, 1, as long as he stays fit and, you know, doesn't get suspended, <clears throat> he hasn't dropped below 100 this year. So already he's, he's gone better than <laughs> Gorn and, and Proust and Grundy. You know, they've dropped below 100. Um, yeah, the, absolutely no reason to trade him out just yet. I, I, yeah, keep him. It's the consistency that that makes me think that that's a possibility. He's gone 109, 102, 117, 109, 103. So there is no worry about his his ability to score when he's on the park, with or without another ruck alongside him. Nico, is he one that, that could be one for you to move on? Again, it's going to be a point of difference move to do it. 
Yeah, look, I don't think so. I've got him in classic and in draft, so I'm kind of riding the Bruce train like a Bruce. But, um, yeah, look, he, he's scoring really well with, like, you know, low disposal numbers and, you know, not really getting any goals either. So I think I think he's got the potential to probably have a really huge game in him as well. Um, but absolutely, consistency, as um, Charlie said, hasn't, you know, missed 100 yet. So there's no no reason not to, uh, not to ride him until... He cops a two-week suspension or, or an injury again. The other thing to note regarding Bruce is that Matt Flynn has now played two pretty average games in a row. He went, a, he had 58 against Adelaide and a 42 against Geelong. So if that now might be the time that GWS roll with that sole ruck setup, which obviously is going to be very, 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 very good for Braden Bruce, as he is, you know, predictably he's he, presumably he's picking up fitness as he goes. Uh, it's never been a never been much of a runner, but he he's starting to look like he's moving around the, around the ground well. I think, yeah, it, again, <clears throat> we get to the buys and you've got trade spare and you've got a full primo outfit, sure, have a look at Darcy, have a look at Wits. But I think at the moment you've got to have a long, long list of things, laundry list of things to do before you get there. Um, just one thing, I noticed that Charlie sort of mentioned something about Sam Hayes earlier and now he had a poor game and you were a bit iffy about him being on the field. I think that Cairns game was just a complete write-off for him. Mm. And we saw what yeah. he's capable of um, this this week gone with a, a ninety odd. Um, I've had a look at, at Twitter and as well. He and um, Fantasy Freako was tweeted out a few hours ago that since his debut, he's had forty two hit out to advantage. Jeez. And as Eddie loves to, to remind us, they're <laughs> worth about five points each, aren't they, Eddie? And they are. Yep. So, they sure are. <laughs> um, yeah, he's. Um, I think he's doing really really well. So. And pretty safe, I think, to, to be on your R2 spot if you need him there. Um, the only guy beating him since his debut is Jared Witz. He's mm. had 64 hit-outs. Very interesting, in Nico. Time. So, very interesting. I don't know we're talking about him next. Are you on the Witsy train yet? Nah. Ship sailed. Why is no one talking about Witz? He's good. Don't get me wrong, but ugh, I'm not paying, what, 550 for him. He was 300k at the start of the year. There's just there's no way I'm stumping up that cash for him. He's actually um, now in 26% of teams, which is uh, yeah, is rising by the day. Really, he's uh, I'm having a look at the graph now. He's gone from yeah, almost no teams uh, after round three, and now, yeah, up to 30,000 teams, and now up to 43,000. So he's rising quickly. Um, yeah, I think you said, like you say, it's hard to it's hard to pick up those guys after you feel like you've missed the boat on them. Um, it's difficult. The the next one that we wanted to talk about was Max Gorn, who had. One of the worst games I've seen him play, personally, in terms of impact. He he was not impactful on the game at all. Charlie, is this one to be worried about, or is this the ch- one to chalk up to that knee knock that he got? Um, what do we what do we think about it? Yeah, it was especially <clears throat> annoying for me, um, given that <laughs> he made his debut for me um, off the back of why well, he scored a one seventy and a one sixty and a couple one thirty. So it wasn't good, but I think. There's no reason to worry. Um, yeah, he got hit in the rut contest. I don't know if it was a corky or, or maybe something um, like a, an awkward landing. I don't actually know what it was, but he spent the rest of the game down four and that was a, a clear um, contributor to his poor score. Yeah, yeah. I pointed it out to you guys at the time. Like He started the second half in the goal square and um, I, without checking the centre bounce attendances, I reckon he maybe had 10% in the second half and Luke Jackson took the rest of it. So I think it's one to chalk up to... To, yeah, circumstance more than any sort of role change or anything. I mean, it definitely is that. The worry, Nico, is that he might miss this week. Yeah, he's in for scans. So, and uh, we know they've got West Coast this week. So, probably a uh, a pretty good time to give him a rest if you're going to do it, isn't it? So, yeah, he did play out the game, though. So, that is a positive. The next item on our agenda is uh, the midfielders. Um, and specifically, um, I want to shout out to Hanif on Facebook who asked about this. What happened with uh, Jack Steele, Callum Mills, and Tom Mitchell on the weekend? Charlie, you're you're going to be first off the bat with with Tom Mitchell here. What went on? What what were we seeing there? Yeah, well, it's just I mean, Sam Mitchell, like the coach, is in the process of development, and so if that means losing a couple games, well, giving the youngsters a run in the middle, and he's fine doing that. And so you're annoying, the excuse you're is okay, rolling. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're okay with you losing that game, were you? I'm, I'm not. I'm not okay with it, but it's justified. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And so I think I think you can you know there's a little a little hyphen uh, or an asterisk next to it. Sorry, oh, <laughs> you were very um, very quiet on the on the text message on Saturday night. I'll tell you that much. I was trying to draw him out of the cave, Nico, and he just wasn't giving me anything. <laughs> no, it, yeah, oh, but no, I, I think 
Mitchell's got the, the full support of, of the Hawthorne board. Coach Mitchell, that is. He's got the full support to just wow. play the youngsters. We're at that Netflix. stage already, are we? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you know, yeah, he's uh, playing the youngsters and Second they're playing tweet. well as well. Mitchell's also contributing down forward. So um, from a super coach point of view, it's pretty bad. Um, but it is what it is. What about Callum? 14 touches is like very, very low for him. He can't get that yeah. in one quarter. What yeah. about Callum Mills, Nico? What happened with him? Yeah, I think just a poor game. Um, low contested possessions, just like Titch. 65% disposal efficiency, gave away three free kicks, only 190 metres gained. So just a down game, I think. That's all it, all it was. And I watched the St Kilda game and Jack Steele was in everything, playing really well, had heaps of it, just gave away four, four free kicks and committed a couple of turnovers and that was enough to... To bump his score down, so I would definitely not be worried about Jack Steele. But Nico, you're right. If you can, you can get a couple more of these in the next few weeks, and and suddenly he's five seventy five k or something, then uh, you might be all over that. Yeah, I'm kind of looking at him. Um, he should be almost right for the picking come Saints buys. Yeah. Well, that's a that's a good little segue to our next little bit, which is uh, which of these mids, which of the mids are bottoming out at the moment. Um, I've sent a, th- a few through to you before the pod. Uh, Nico, right off the bat, who, if you're looking for a mid-upgrade this week to to go to someone who might be a little bit undervalued or coming off the back of an injury-affected game or whatever, who should be top of your priority list? Yeah, so look, I haven't really had a chance to have a look at like the break-evens yet. Um, I'm probably going to lean towards making sure they fit my buy structure, maybe rather than trying to find you know the steal price-wise. Yep. Um, so, yeah, looking at that and, and looking at my buyers, I know we're going to touch on them a bit later, but um, I'm pretty I'm pretty light in round 13 in the middle one, so I'm kind of probably going to target, you know, someone like a Laird um, yep. who's going to be that sort of um, out-of-the-box sort of pick, um, you know, could easily be, you know, top six, top eight on the run home, yep. um, whereas, you know, he might be low, lowly owned. Um, so kind of looking at him... Um, He's got a, a five-round uh, average of 125, and coach came out and said that he was crook uh, all week um, and did really, really well to actually just play the game, and he's still got 120 on the weekend. So yeah. um, I think he's doing everything really, really good. You can also look at uh, maybe guys like you know, Dawson, if you're looking for a defender or something. He's only got a, a 75 break-even and um, has you know a couple of good scores in a row, got his high score on the weekend. So, yeah, he could be uh, a really good option, but, yeah, as I said, I'm just sort of leaning towards, um, yeah, fitting my buy structure at the moment. In terms of bottoming out mids, I've got a couple for you. Ben Keys uh, went down five grand last week. His break even is 138. He's priced at 584 grand. Has not gone below 100 at all this year. Had a hundred bang on it last week. Jack McRae break even at 135. He's gone down 26k in the last week. Um, Sam Walsh break even 129. Went down 13k. This is yeah. He, he is as cheap as you're going to get him at 594k. Rory Laird, who you just mentioned, Nico, he went down 3K over the weekend. His break-even's 128. And Andrew Brayshaw, surprisingly, has crashed back to earth a little bit in recent times. He went down 11K on the weekend. His break-even is now 122. Uh, Charlie, any of those guys that uh, you know, tickle your fancy, you like the look of? Well, I can't help but notice that you left out Took. So yeah. uh, he, he'd be, I mean, I don't have him. And unfortunately, I can't quite get him this week, but if I were able to get a, a top mid, he'd definitely be the one. Um, he's, he's gone 160 and 122 in his last two games. It's almost too late to get him. That's the problem. You're going to have to move on him this week. He, he's gone up 16K last week and his break even is now 73. So you you may have, you, if you don't get Took this week, uh, you're going to be waiting a while to get him at this price again. He's dropped yeah. 70K on his SP. Yeah. I think it's worth it overall. I'm, I'm looking at his fixtures and um, he like got an absolute dream run home and he plays... Um, the Bulldogs, Hawks, North, Crows, Port, Collingwood, Richmond, Essendon, Hawthorne, and then the Eagles the week after that. So like that, that's as good as you'll get. One more just, I'm going to throw in. Sorry, the... Eddie. No, just please. Before we do, just, yeah, he, I thought Took was untaggable, but I think he's shown that you actually can tag him. Um, yeah, I think he had like 60-odd at quarter time and had a really big high, halftime score and finished on 120, So, and he was definitely tagged in the second half. So... Maybe if you are going to get him, just have a look at the upcoming fixtures and just see if those teams have got any taggers that you know might hinder his scoring. One last guy that I'm going to throw in there is Bailey Smith from the Bulldogs, who is averaging 
Uh, averaging 107 for the season, uh, had a 90 on, 98 on the weekend, break even up 109, and he's gone down 18K in the last week. So he's one to keep an eye on as well. He is absolute bargain bracement, especially if you're looking, if you don't quite have the cash to get up to the big dogs. Bailey Smith at 518K, I reckon he's a good shout um, for potentially one of those spots. Um, a little side discussion here, Nico, and you, again, one of these was your notes, is the Crows are a pretty average football team. I think we knew that going in. They've, they've got a bit of pluck. They've got a bit of heart. They're going to win a few games, but they're, they're not a top eight team, as was being suggested at one point. They're really, really super coach relevant. Um, what do you think of them? Yeah, so I think the, the mids, um, you know, with Sloan out, there's um, guys that have really stepped up, like Laird has maybe gone on another level. Um, Keys has like definitely gone to another level. Yeah. Three-round average of 110. I think with Keys. I don't know. I'm just kind of expecting those low hundred scores now. Maybe not those kind of 120 scores that we're looking for from our like really premium midfielders. Um, so I'm kind of leaning towards passing on him. Um, but as I said before, Dawson with the low break even, he's got a three round of 103, uh, and you know it looks like he's really settled into that team now and um, yeah. can, can really kick on from here. So um, absolutely super coach relevant guys, just because they're losing. I mean. Dawson is going to get a lot of ball if it's, you know, in the defense or, or on the wing. So um, shouldn't make too much of a difference to those players in particular. Guys like Rochelle, obviously, you know, are different. And I traded him last week and he's, you know, dropped another 40. So you don't want to be a small forward in a, in a poor team. The other thing with Dawson tonight is uh, he pushed up into the midfield and was getting some center bounces and, and looking like he was around the ball a lot more, which, uh, yeah, it was kind of hinted at in the preseason. We sort of turned up our nose a little bit on it because that's what you hear every time a player goes to a new club. But um, it does look like that is starting to come to fruition, which is really positive for him. The last of our big topics, Charlie, um, is rookies topping out. So it's getting to that time of the year where you're going to have to make some tough calls about you know, which guy is going to sit at your, your F8 all season or which which defender are you going to keep out of McCartan and De Koning and whatnot. Um, I've sent through a little uh, little list for you boys of the rookies that are starting to hit their top uh, their top price perhaps. Dacos, is, his break-even is 68. O'Driscoll, break-even of 55. Jason Horn-Francis, break-even of 59. Will Brody, break-even of 82. And Nick Martin, a break-even of 30. Is there anyone out of the rooks that I've uh, missed in that little lot, Charlie? Uh, no, probably not. I think you've nailed on all the, the blokes that are topping out. Gibkiss, maybe just about. He's got a break even of 46. Um, but yeah, all the other blokes, like McCartan's just completely restarted his cash cycle. So is Deconing. Durden has as well. Um, yeah, they, they're all looking, looking good and they'll make a, some more money <clears throat> in the coming weeks. But of the guys that you listed, I think O'Driscoll and Horn, <coughs> sorry, <laughs> I think O'Driscoll and Horn Francis need to go ASAP. Um, they're right for the picking. You can definitely get them to a primo. Um, you know, you could even downgrade one and upgrade the other. That worked pretty well. But Dacos and Martin, they'll keep pumping out consistent 80s or 70s so they can stay at D6 and F6, um, you know, until they're by. And Brody's proven that he can score above 100. And I think Nico touched on it earlier. He's, he's good to go until five comes back. Nico, the Horn Francis to Greg Clark downgrade, netting you two hundred k, sitting right there, isn't it? Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, you just got to be, I guess, ballsy enough to go early. Um, I went early on Skinner um, <laughs> earlier in the year, and he's just sitting there. And the annoying thing is, Port keep playing early games, so I can't even use him as a loophole. So it's just driving me crazy. Um, but yeah, no, no issues with Clark um, going early on him. I don't think. I think he looks pretty safe, and you probably want his points on the field. Um, rather than any of the, these other guys who are going to be a little bit up and down. I just want to add um, uh, Ward and McDonald um, to that list as well. So I think I think Ward's probably a sell. I don't think McDonald has, has made us anywhere near enough money. Uh, look, he might be out again this week because he you know, was supposed to have a rest and, and came in late. So, um, But I think you know with his DPP, could probably just hold him for a little bit longer. Nico, one thing I want to ask you is in your your barnstorming year last year where you finished runner-up, did you hold any of your rookies for the whole season or were you sort of culling all of them as you go and, and cycling through? Oh, my memory's not that great, mate. I definitely had a, um, a permanent loop. Um, I had that guy from the Gold Coast, um, Aiden Fife, all year. <laughs> yeah, just, just sitting there for, for my loops. Um, obviously, you know, it's not ideal coming to the buys because, you know, you need – you need fit players um, 
you know, helping you, um, you know, lift that floor um, during the buy, during the buy stages. But um, yeah, uh, there would have been, I reckon there might have been another one that, you know, sort of stood there that you just couldn't get rid of. Probably like a, a Machito Owens for me, like he's probably just going to stay there, um, you know, unless I decide to sideways in, you know, at the buyers. But yeah. But a guy like Nick Dacos, for example, is he one that you'd look to hold as a as a D7 or is he still in the cull range? Uh, I think we're struggling a little bit with our cash gen on the bench. So I can see why people want to move him up rather than, you know, moving him down. So he's got that, you know, he's got that value there. Um, I definitely want to hold him until it buys um, unless he has a rest, which has been sort of flouted and we've spoken about before. Um, he's had a bit of an ankle sort of knock and seems to be going all right. But as a first-year player, they might opt to maybe give him an extra rest leading up to the buy potentially. But I'm I'm with I'm in the hold camp for him still. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I kind of really, I personally really like the idea of just having that rock solid seventy five to eighty sitting there ready to go. I think we're going to find this year that uh, that coverage is more important than than most years, as we're already seeing with guys missing with random illnesses. If it's even if it's not COVID, it seems to be going out to nightclubs and that sort of thing that. You're getting blokes undone this year. Mm, um, gastro, yeah. Exactly. Now, boys, if you like a punt, check out topsport.com.au, home of the best same-game multi in the business where the odds actually add up. We're going to be previewing their markets throughout the season. Use the code SCPLAYBOOK if you're linking up your account so they know we sent you. It helps out the podcast. 18-plus only, gamble responsibly. Uh, boys, every week we look for a play of the week on Top Sport. Um, I'm not sure we've been going that flash to start the season. Nico, I how- suck at this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. That's all right. Uh, I think I think what killed you last week was uh, the pies line. I think you had the yeah. pies at the line. Um, yep. That might have been the one that undid you. Um, well, it's time to make amends. It's time to make amends. What are you going to go for this week? All right. So we're going to treble. I like the dogs to touch up the pies. So minus 10.5. I think they're going to get their season back on track yep. um, Friday night. Geelong, uh, I've been laying the Saints uh, a little bit, so um, that's been sort of working. Uh, so I'll take Geelong uh, minus 5.5. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't mind North plus 33.5. Interesting. Launceston, mm. I think they're playing, or, or definitely in Tassie. Um, power, yeah, they're a bit up and down. So I think that's a decent line. Um, and, you know, who knows what the weather's going to be like down there. It could be horrendous so, and low scoring. So. Um, let's go with that. Seven dollars and four cents. I like that a lot, Nico. Might be getting on that myself. Charlie, what have you got for us? Yeah, I'm sitting pretty uh, good at, at one one from two. So fifty percent yep. strike rate. Yep. Not too I bad. Know. You didn't. You got your confidence up a bit last time, and no, I, I didn't. I didn't, quite, <laughs> didn't quite get to just, justify my mega multi. Um, <laughs> but no, this week I'm going value. So North plus thirty four point five. I absolutely love. I reckon you could lock that in at a dollar ninety, and then um, add to that St Kilda. I reckon. Sorry, Nico, I'm going to have to go against you, but I reckon they get the job done against the Cats. I think you know they've got quite a youthful, um, exuberant midfield. I reckon they can just run around the the Cats all day. So wrap that up for uh, four dollars and twelve cents. Very nice. I'm actually right on board with you, Charlie. Even before you said that, I, I really I, I watched St Kilda Melbourne game on the weekend. I know the scoreboard doesn't reflect it. I know the D's ended up beating them comfortably. But St Kilda are right in it. They're up for the fight. They're not a bad football team. Um, they're going to be, I think, they're going to be right around that sort of five to three, five to third range. Um, and I like them under the dome to to get rid of the cats. So I'm going to go the Saints outright uh, at two dollars twenty, uh, which feels like some pretty decent odds to me. Uh, now, boys, uh, it's that time of the podcast where we need to find out what you guys are up to this week, what your plans are. Uh, Nico, what trades, if any, are you looking at doing this week? Always trading, Eddie. Um, <laughs> I like um, I like the look of ditching Horn Francis, O'Driscoll, yep. and Ward. The triple. And yeah, so I'm thinking of boosting. And I can bring in Greg Clark, Morris Rioli, and Rory Laird. And Ooh. the beautiful thing of it all is available cash, zero dollars. Oh my so god! So it's one of those ones where you're kind of like, oh, I just got to do this. You can't so, do it. Yeah, <laughs> it's looking that's, good. That's the super coach gods telling you, Nico, that you you must do that. Yep, <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah, so I'm not not completely sold on Carroll and, and Hamilton, so that's kind of why I'm yeah going Look, that way. Charlie, what about you? I uh, 
as soon as lockout lifted, um, Eddie, we were out for dinner for Mother's Day, and I'm straight away on my phone <laughs> playing some trades. Um, Love your mum. In the middle of Mother's yeah. Day dinner, it was it was tragic. <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah, the first thought I had was a, a double downgrade from um, O'Driscoll and Rochelle to Clark and Rioli, um, but I've kind of almost convinced myself that Darcy Cameron will be a good pick. Um, and, yeah, as I touched on before, it does allow me to get dirt and off-field. So I'm heavily considering Rochelle to Rioli um, and then Dixon to Darcy Cameron. Yeah, actually, I don't hate it. I really don't. I think, it, yeah, it's kind of panic stations having Durden there at F6. Like, obviously, you know, something's gone wrong for that to happen. We can litigate that at some point. But the fact is that you need to get Durden out of there. And um, I like the idea of going up to a guy who's got a decent ceiling, um, who's got a guaranteed role uh, and looks okay when he's doing it. Um, I'm, I've already used uh, two of my boosts, uh, sorry, three of my boosts. So I'm going to save one this week, um, keep the two. I'm looking at Horn Francis to Greg Clark. And then Hugh Dixon to Rioli, which would give me 330k in the bank next week for some sort of upgrade, uh, potentially McCartan, uh, potentially one of the forwards. Um, that feels pretty good to me. I'm with you, Nico. I'm not really sold on Carroll, and I'm definitely not sold on Hamilton. Um, reading about Carroll on Twitter this afternoon did give me a little pause for thought with him. Um, but yeah, we'll have to wait and see whether that comes. And yeah, Greg Clark's got to come in at some point, so he's the uh, he's the man that I'm targeting. Um, captains and vice captains, Charlie, who should we be looking at for the C and the VC? I think Callum Mills will make amends against the Bombers. Um, so, you know, their midfield, great on paper, but this season um, hasn't quite lived up to the expectations. So I'm going to take the VC um, or him for VC and then uh, Oliver, captain against the Eagles. He should have an absolute field day. That seems very logical to me. Not a defensive bone in the bodies of Zach Merritt and Darcy Parrish, unfortunately. So you are likely to see Callum Mills go pretty ham. Nico, where are you looking? It's a really interesting week. There are like six probably good options yep. here. So I think it's, yeah, potentially if you hit the right one, it's a, it's another way to you know get a bit of a boost in the rankings as well. So, at the moment, I've got VC McRae against Collingwood. Yep. Uh, at Marvel, I think he should do really well, um, unless he's ditched forward again. Um, and I've got Neil, Captain. Uh, who have they got? Um, I've got Adelaide at Adelaide Oval. Adelaide, yeah. I think yeah, I think that's a really good fixture for for Lockie as well. Um, the other things I'd consider is you know Clayton Oliver uh, against West Coast and um, Tuke Miller. Um, against Frio at home is probably a, another good shout as well. Um, so, yeah, like really, yeah, you could go a lot of ways this week and it, it makes it for a, a really interesting round. Yeah, the Neil's last two games against Adelaide, um, he had a 147 at the Gabba and a 148 at the Gabba the year before. So he clearly likes playing the Crows. Um, my worry is that Adelaide Oval is a very dewy outfit on a Saturday night. Um, so whether or not that... Yeah, whether or not that keeps disposals down, I don't know. On the other hand, it could really help Neil. Um, he's clearly a guy that likes to get in and under. Charlie, I like your call of uh, Callum Mills as vice captain. The only thing is it's it's really hard to stare McRae's 144 last week and and not think that he's a chance to do that again on Friday night. Um, and obviously, we're getting to the stage of the year when looping is difficult and tricky and you don't want to leave yourself in a position where you are forced into doing something you don't want to do. So McRae on a Friday night uh, looks spicy to me. Um, any rookies that you've heard, Nico, that might be in the frame for a debut this week or too early to tell at this stage? Yeah, definitely too early to tell on a Monday night. Um, obviously, you know, when there are new uh, faces that, that kind of make a big deal of it on the on the socials. So, yeah, just, just wait, I think, um, you know, for Wednesday or so. But I still wouldn't go early on anyone. Um, if you are going to go early on anyone, it's Clark, 100%. Love it. Um, now, if you want more of this sort of content, listeners out there, then you can sign up to SC Playbook for $30, which gets you our entire content library for the 2022 AFL season, or $40 for the full package, which gets you AFL, NRL, BBL. The uh, NRL side of the site is going very, very well this season. I think we've got uh, four or five of the contributors in the top thousand. Um, a couple of the, I think the round winner last week was uh, an SC Playbook subscriber. So they're going great. It gets you access to stacks of extra articles every week of the uh, every week of the season. Entry into our exclusive WhatsApp group where you can chat with us about your team. 
Um, yep, I won't talk about what last week when someone asked me who they should captain uh, out of Neil and Gorn. Um, I will leave that right alone. Uh, that didn't happen. But you can get more good advice in that WhatsApp group uh, if you're interested. Uh, but if you're not, don't worry. We've got stacks of free con- content to rummage through on the site as well. Visit scplaybook.com.au and follow our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter socials at scplaybookafl. Uh, lads, every week we put up a socials post asking for people if they've got any questions for the pod. Uh, we've had a couple of really, really good questions coming this week. So thanks, guys, for doing that. Uh, the first one is for you, Nico. It's from Grady J at Checkmate FC. It's kind of a it's kind of a two prong question. So we'll start with the first part of it, of it of it, which is how do you plan for buyers? Normally, the advice is to finish the buyers the full twenty two premiums, but I only have two rookies left to upgrade. Cool. He's doing all right. Doing very well. Yeah. Um... So I think it's still, I think it's still obviously the race to to get those two guys up to premiums, and um, because you've got so many um, trades that you can use during the buys, um, hopefully you've got a bit of cash gen on your bench that you can use to get them up to kind of like the Uber premium. So I think if you have if you're only too short at the moment, Grady, I reckon you probably got some of the lower tier kind of premiums, yeah, perhaps like a Will Brody. Um, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, maybe counting him. Um, I'd count Bruce, you know, amongst yep. that. Um, but, yeah, maybe you've got, oh, look, I don't know, guys that are averaging 100 to 110 rather than the guys averaging 120 plus, for instance. So uh, I'd probably try and target those two spots left that you've got um, to, like, those really, really uber premium guys. Um, so a good feature of, of Supercoach Plus, I don't know if you guys are um, – have got that, um, you know, signed up to that. Obviously, don't look at the trade assist or, or the optimize <laughs> buttons, but the, the show buys button is actually really, really handy. So you can click on that and then click on who's playing in round 12, who's playing in round 13, who's playing in round 14, and I'll actually grey out the players that uh, are going to miss that game so you get a, a good visual as to who you've got uh, available, how many players you've got available. Um, so... Obviously, I think I've touched on this probably a, a couple of times now, Eddie, but yep. kind of looking at maybe having not as many premiums out in the first set of buys. Um, like I'll, I'm going to have five premiums out in round 12 just because Carlton have got you know a couple of Uber premiums and I'm counting Bruce and I've still got Bloody Butters um, <laughs> and Short, who's you know probably close to that Uber range as well. I've only got three guys missing in round 13, um, premium wise so that's why i'm kind of looking at bringing someone in like a laird um you know so targeting the teams that uh, are going to have that buy so it sort of evens out a little bit and i'm looking at having a lot more guys missing round 14 because i'm going to be trading players in after their buy for round 12 and 13 so that should then even out once again so i haven't included um brody um in that so i'll probably if i include brody uh, I've got seven guys missing in round 14. So I think I'm looking all right um, to navigate the buys. Love it, Nico. The The second part of that question is, <clears throat> you've kind of answered a little bit, but how much side swapping of mid-tier players like Canelio, Green, Whitfield, et cetera, who don't look like being in the top six in their lines should occur? Yeah, so obviously trade um, dependent, like how um, what number of trades you've got left. But if you're sitting all right, then I would absolutely be doing that. So yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. Brody, get him to an Uber. Cogs, get him to someone, you know, like an English or, or whatever it might be um, that you're missing. So, yeah, by all means, do that. Um, and then, yeah, as you mentioned, Eddie, probably not a bad idea to hold on to one or two guys that are consistent and who can come in off your bench and give you a 70 sort of score. Definitely. Thanks for that, Nico. That's a very comprehensive answer. The second question we've got comes in from Supercoached on Twitter, and I'm going to throw it to you, Charlie. What to do with Zach Butters, and would you bring in Tim English in first game off a hammy? Yeah, we did talk about Butters earlier on, and I kind of concluded that he is a must-trade. There's no doubt about that, but there are more people, uh, well, there are more important people that that should be at the top of your trade list. So, um, yeah, look, you know, if you can get up to... A top dog, you know, Parker or Dunkley or Taranto, then go for it. Um, but, yeah, no point no point sideways trading him just yet. And then for Tim English, I'm, I'm very tempted by it because I started the year with him. Um, he got me up to, you know, a pretty high ranking. I feel like I owe him a lot. <laughs> you know, he's an angelic figure in my life. But, um, 
I I don't see how the Bulldogs don't bring him in. Well, I don't see how the Bulldogs bring him in and play him as a solo ruck. I feel like they just have to yeah. bring him in and, and he'll share the ruck duties with Steph Martin for, you know, two to three weeks until he gets his match fitness up and look, that's going to impact his scoring a lot. I, I can definitely see him averaging 70 for, you know, the next three weeks if he comes back this week. And yeah, that was the... Um... I guess that was the the query at the start of the year as well as to a reason to not start him. Um, and so guys that did obviously hit big, um, whereas I was kind of expecting Martin to come in and that never happened. So I think absolutely look at the team sheet and if he if he's in and Martin's out with a break even 100, he could probably go that way. He's close to 600K. But, yeah, if he's sharing, I'd stay away. Yeah, I agree. I think you, yeah, the chance he comes in, plays those three weeks with Martin, averages 75, then Martin's out of the side. He's he's suddenly back down to a manageable sort of 530K price range you can jump on then. Um, that's about all we've got time for this afternoon, boys. Thanks, as always, for your time. Um, listeners out there, any feedback, any questions or anything, hit us up on our socials. Charlie, good luck to you this week. Thank you, Eddie. Good luck to you guys as well. Thank Hopefully you. I uh, don't uh, delete my team because I was very close this week. So. <laughs> Nico, thanks for your time. Better go and have some dinner and uh, hang out with the kids. Daddy's super yeah. coach is done now. Go well, lads. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Thanks, mate. See ya. <laughs>